This is exactly right. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Scotty. Curdy B. Ready for some good news? I'm ready for great news. I'm ready to have fun. I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Here it is. Mm-hmm. A former SpaceX engineer quits to make a pizza robot. Wow. That's a big turn. I didn't see you coming that way. Well, let's blast <laughs> off on a brand new episode yes. of the Bananas Podcast. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I am one of your hosts, Kurt Brownoler. I'm the other one. I'm Scotty Landis, Curdy B. Away we go. We're off and running. What's new? What, do you see anything new here, pal? Well, uh, You see anything new, huh? Hmm. What is it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe a stand-up comedian has a standing desk that he's recording at. Oh, yeah. How's it feel? My mother-in-law and my wife, Lauren Cook and Gretchen, got me a, got me a standing desk. It's a big deal. It goes deal. up and down. It goes up and down, Scotty. I would make it go up and down, but I've unplugged it in order to plug my computer in. So I still got a, a couple things to figure out about how to work with it. I think it's going to... I think it's going to be fantastic. I did a pilot years ago at MTV with Nikki Glaser and Sarah Schaefer, and we shot the whole pilot, and we tested it, and we were like, something is off. We're like, this isn't working as well as it should be working. These two women are too funny. And we reshot the pilot, and instead of them ever sitting down, they stood the entire time, 10 times funnier, got picked up to series. But yeah, it was because they that. are stand-up comedians. Yeah. And when we had them sitting at a sofa, like interviewing guests or sitting at a desk or whatever, it took their natural energy as stand-up comedians away. And so I think that this means this is going to be a huge year for your side of the Bananas podcast. Oh, hell yeah, folks. You, you, you write in. You let me know if it sounds a little bit better, a mm-hmm. little bit crisper, a little mm-hmm. bit more on point. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they got to, shot two, got to shoot two pilots. Usually... They would just be like, well, it doesn't work. See you later. Yes. You get you get another shot in 10 years. Yes, it was pretty crazy, but they really did. It shot, for those older bananas who used to watch MTV, they had the TRL studio over yep. Times Square. That's where we shot it, and it was fun. It was fun to look out and see uh, just people walking below and have all the lights of a TVO studio, go- studio going. I love that pilot. The show went two seasons. It just it did. It was when MTV was failing and becoming the cesspool of reality shows that it is now uh, and, and forever. But that's fun. Yeah, that is fun, isn't it? And guess what, Scotty? Tell me something. I'm going to be in Austin. The weirdest city in the world. <laughs> 
<laughs> the formerly sort of weird city. It is interesting that the two cities that I'm going to, Austin and Portland, Portland, I'm there in April, uh, and uh, Austin in February 9th, 10th, and 11th, both have the same tagline, keep Austin weird, keep Portland weird. They both have that. They I both agree. say that. They do. Yeah, that's fun. Austin's such a great town. Portland's such a great town. Those are going to be great shows. Where are they? Uh, Cap City Cap for City. Uh, Austin, and then Helium Comedy Club for Portland in April. Come on out. We got to get some bananas shows on the books. You know what I'm saying? Amanda Pham, who's a day one bananimal and a friend of the pod, texted me today saying that she listened to the Minneapolis live show and it was our funniest episode ever. And she had to pull over. She was laughing so hard. That's great. Our live shows are fun for us. They really are. I love them. It's such a good time. We uh, It's just cranked up in the way that a live audience does. And Minneapolis was especially a great crowd. Uh, it's uh, When we put them out there, I think we finally dialed them in. I think we know how to do the Bananas Live correctly. One way is not being extremely hungover in Denver, <laughs> which we both <laughs> suffered into that second show. So to all the Bananas that were at Denver show number two, We'll do better next time. <laughs> we we did not release that one, folks. <laughs> Woo, we were struggling. Uh, I mean, me more than you. I give I give it up for you. You were ready to go out and do stuff. Uh, I, was, I was. I decided not. if you didn't make the show, I was going to get drunk <laughs> and go, guys, I will take Q&A and any questions that I have a story about, I'm just going to do a story. You're going to get 45 minutes bang for your buck. And thank God I walked in the green room and you were there in a yellow suit. My God, we were that close. It was real rough, real rough. I um, Oh, I also want to mention to people that they can go watch my uh, special right now on YouTube for free. Mm-hmm. Scotty, you can watch it for free. That's cheaper than any other price. Yeah, right? Go to perfectlystupid.com, watch my new special, then come see me live. And Scotty, do you want to get into this podcast? How are you? What's going on with you? I'm excellent. I'm very good. Uh, A a truck got stuck on Stuck Truck Hill. I saw it. Isn't that amazing? I mean, the fact that the sign is there, does, does it hurt? the truck driver's feelings more like it's already embarrassing you got your truck stuck yes but does it hurt their feelings more when they see the sign when they are stuck? five feet away from the sign i had never seen one get free before i've seen maybe i don't know 15 trucks get stuck on stuck truck hill but they used a forklift to lift the back of the truck off of the hill and then the guy gunned it back down I was, everybody's like, did you get a picture of the truck next to the sign? And I was like, no. I was filming it from my car, and the look on the driver's face was like, I will kill you. I will hit you with a bat and murder you. So <laughs> really? Just, and it was raining, so I kept driving, but I'm so good. I had the opposite experience. Uh, I was in Florida a couple weeks back. Florida. You know that thing, and have you ever had the experience where you see something that somebody's doing, and... It's seemingly normal, but then you realize what they're doing is so weird. But you're just kind of like watching <laughs> something unfold before you. Yeah. I was at a red light, and I glance over at a gas station, and there's just this man smiling. And I just kind of like smiled to myself. I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's just having a good day. And then what I realized he was doing was he was, <laughs> he was using a windshield 
washing squeegee that you would clean your windshield with to clean his bicycle. But he was smiling so big like he had discovered a secret that none of us are allowed to have. Just a regular pedal bicycle, not a motorcycle. Just going down the chrome handlebars, like, look at me go. Light turns green, I drove away. But it really had an impact on me. I'm like, that man just was like, watch this. I'm about to show you. Also, there's a bunch of little paper towels he could dry his bike off when he's done. I mean, he is re- he's ready to sparkle in the, s- in the Florida sunshine. That's right. A Dade County native that was like, <laughs> clean your windshields all you want. My bicycle is getting a bath for free, zero <laughs> gas purchased. It was fantastic. This is the best day, full bag of crystal in my pocket. <laughs> I'm ready to have a night. Oh, man. A little too true. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Venmo privately, everybody. Venmo privately. We don't need to see that you're <laughs> buying each other wine. We don't like your jokes. You're embarrassing yourself. Set it to default private. Mine is now private. default private. Don't publicly Venmo. So you then you have to dork. choose to make it public. Who are you? Grow up. <laughs> Anyways, this was sent in. Um, by Jasmine Ramos, thank you, or thank Jasmine you. Ramos. We love um, her. And uh, so uh, Jasmine sent the original title mm-hmm. was, uh, well, come on, Silicon Valley Can't Quit Its Pizza Robot Obsession, which is... Uh, That's probably true. Maybe. I guess there's other ones. I found an insider article with a slightly better title. Okay. A former SpaceX engineer who now runs a pizza robot company self he says he wants to solve problems on Earth, mm. not Mars. Mm-hmm. So now this is tough because the the insider article is very funny in the fact that it's obviously just copied and pasted from a um uh from a, a legitimate press release. News? Okay, yeah, right. From a press release, <laughs> but they did then at the end it says the pizza company would not comment, but it's like mm-hmm. it, it's crazy because they don't not saying anything crazy. They're not. They're just telling people that it exists. It's not disparaging. It's not saying it's these, not respect. So Stellar Pizza did not give a shit about Insider. On the other hand, Business Week, Bloomberg Business Week, written by Sarah McBride. Ooh, Sarah McBride, so good, so good. Some say the best. It is a. I would say an Atlantic length article on this goddamn pizza robot. And it's very long (laughs) and very here. I'll just give you, uh, they do a short story in the beginning that I'll give you about a woman who is also, so this guy is actually, uh, the guy who started it, uh, his name, he started with the three gentlemen started it, but, uh, Jaya Iyer. Okay. Jaya Iyer. Don't know him. Um, oh, no, sorry. Jaya Iyer is who they follow. This is the woman who um, they kind of like start the... Uh, the uh, Man, standing up maybe has made me a worse podcast. No. <laughs> Still the best. Here it is. Iyer, the lead spacecraft structure engineer at a subsidiary of Boeing Company, consulted with someone she had worked with at SpaceX, Elon Musk's rocket company. Okay. Her friends suggested she get in touch with their former colleague, Benson Tsai who'd been tapping some of the bright minds from the company and other aerospace firms around Los Angeles to solve a novel technical challenge. When Iyer was at Space Exploration Technologies Corps, Tsai was developing battery technology for the company's satellites and spacecraft. Now he makes pizza. Mm -hmm. Perplexed and a little intrigued, uh, Iyer agreed to a meeting. 
It was outlandish to the point where, please tell me more, she says. Desai regaled her with his visions of a robot on wheels capable of making a pizza from scratch. Someone would drive the truck to an office park, shopping center, or residential area. Customers would order through an app, and the robot would do the rest. Desai had already persuaded venture capitalists, a group that would soon include a firm run by Jay-Z. Of course Jay-Z is invested in a pizza robot. Yeah, smart guy. Uh, to invest millions of dollars, he'd assembled a team of 40 or so rocket scientists and other technologists to, as Ty described it, solve pizza. Uh, but first they needed to solve mushrooms. This is just a little taste of the difficulty in making a pizza robot. Uh, by 2020, when Iyer first visited the headquarters of Stellar Pizza, Stellar mm-hmm. Pizza is the name of the pizza robot okay. company. Uh, that uh, Tsai and two other dudes. Uh, bad name, by the way. That's a bad name. For Stellar Pizza? It doesn't tell you anything about it besides pizza. It doesn't... It, well, it does tell you that he's uh, poaching people from the space industry to make it. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which is kind of an interesting way of marketing. Like, this is pizza made by rocket scientists. Called ground speed. Uh, ground control. <laughs> ground control. That's good. Thank ground you. control pizza. You know exactly 20- what it is. Yeah. When, by 2020, when Iyer first visited the headquarters of Stellar Pizza, mm-hmm. the team had already figured out how to knead dough, spread tomato sauce, and scatter green peppers. Mushrooms were proving extremely annoying. The machine's design <laughs> called for them to be pre-sliced and loaded into a chute. But mushrooms, more than diced mozzarella or pepperoni, sure. are fleshy and moist. Pepperoni's easy. When cut and packed into the machine, the pieces clumped together and clung to the sides. Desai compared them to wet paper towels sticking to the wall. Uh, so then she goes in on and on and on and on. So do you want to know how they solved mushrooms? No. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. We all do. The bananas the need is- to know. They pre-slice them and keep them in the fridge for a couple of days, which makes them less sticky. Oh, I see. So they're a little bit dry. So they're almost like almost a dried mushroom, but then once they hit oil, they puff back up. That's like soaking your kebab sticks in water before you throw them on the grill so the kebab sticks don't catch fire. Classic. Classic anyway, dad this, stuff. This robot looks like a food truck. You know what it looks like? It looks like those um, uh, Japanese food marts Yeah, where like you put money in and just like, turn a handle and open a door and yeah, get it out. like an automat machine. Yeah, that's kind of what it looks like, except like in one category, there's like boxes, and then in another place, the pizza is baking, and then another piece, the pizza is getting loaded into oh, a cover. so this is a vending machine pizza. But it's made from scratch. So literally a robot kneads the dough and then tosses it in the air. Awesome. And then fucking lays it out, puts awesome. the sauce on. Puts. I mean, it's like a homemade pizza pie but they're saying that they're uh, not in competition with like your local mom and pop shop they're in competition with Domino's so they're just trying to make a Domino's level pizza who isn't right (laughs) they sell a lot of pizzas at Domino's I love those commercials back in the day where the CEO of Domino's would like come on and apologize and they'd show like damaged pizzas or pizzas that weren't made correctly and he's like I am sorry we will do better. I swear. You're like, was there a guy off camera pointing a gun at him? <laughs> you make those pizzas better. Remember the Noid? Oh, avoid the Noid, one of the great commercial mascots of all time. Stop for those too young to remember the Noid. The Noid was a stop animation, a claymation, mm-hmm. stop animation. Uh, it almost seemed like a little troll, but in a superhero outfit. Yeah, red. With long ears that mm-hmm. was annoying, called the Noid. Mm-hmm. 
And I guess it was avoid being annoyed by other pizza places who don't deliver under 30 minutes, right? Correct, yeah. Avoid the Noid, man. The Noid is the Noid was difficult to look at. Yeah, it's like face kept changing with the uh, with the claymation. <laughs> he did get that's interesting. Like so, they Jay Z and Stellar Pizza want to have machines where a robot hand makes you a pie to order very quickly, and that's yeah. they think that is going to be worth billions. Yeah, they think it'll compete with because I think like Domino's is something like forty million or forty billion. It should be. Oh uh, yeah, they're big. I don't they know. They deliver a lot of pizzas, and that pizza tracker rules. That thing is the best, stupidest innovation of all time. It is so it's, accurate. Also, it's what's crazy about it is that it was around when you lived in Brooklyn. Yeah, sure. Because I remember the first time I used it was at your house yeah. uh, to order a pizza for like a party. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are we kidding? Like, we can see what they're actually doing with yes. the pizza? And then like when it hit the thing, it was like, bam, and the pizza was there. Yes, I mean, and all the- before cars had GPS, like the drivers had GPS on them and stuff. Yeah, they were still banging out with Tom Toms getting around Prospect Park. But Tom I Tom. wonder, and I this has probably already happened, but- I wonder if our murderino bananas, the murder bananas, know if a Domino's pizza tracker has ever caught like a serial killer or a murderer Ooh. or at least created a timeline for a crime. Because right, it's so like accurate. When, when the order was put in to when it was delivered and the body was found. Well, that's worth a Reddit deep dive. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I worked at Domino's. Did you ever deliver uh, any fast food? No, I never was a delivery guy. I did work at two pizza places. I worked two boots in Brooklyn, which I've mentioned many times. Um, the but no, I never went door to door and delivered anything. I when I worked at Domino's, a delightful experience. Truly, it was one right uh, when I was home from college after my freshman year. I lived back in Jersey. Looking for a job, started delivering pizzas, and uh, I worked. My manager was my high school girlfriend's ex-boyfriend, who she lost her virginity to. Right, that's cool. And it's not like I live in like the. T- I mean, it is a small, like suburban town, yeah, but sure. there's multiple suburban towns right next to on top of each other in yeah. Jersey. It is very <laughs> strange that we both ended up at this one place. And he was such a dick. If he's out there today, I want to tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah, why not? Um, terrible manager. And uh, and just a real piece of shit. I just want to say to everybody out you there won. who's delivering pizzas who's got a shitty manager, uh, I, I deliver this fuck you to them. I had an Uber Eats driver. I had an Uber driver who I got in the car and it smelled so much like McDonald's French fries. I was like, man, did you just go to like fast food joint? He's like, oh, Uber Eats is this new thing. We deliver food. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm sitting there, sitting there. I go, do you ever eat any of the fries? And he goes, every time. (laughs) 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 He also said McDonald's was the number one. I was curious in LA. I was like, what? He's like, McDonald's five to one for anything else. That's fucking crazy. Oh, also, that reminds me of your joke that you made about the uh, delivery robots when we were walking across. Los Angeles, you're like, who would have thought that we do have R2-D2, but it's just to deliver people at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, lazy people at McDonald's. <laughs> but the fact that they you, you sent me that link to that 
follow yeah that follow cooler there's a new just, robot that's a two-wheeled robot that connects <laughs> to your phone and then it's about the size of a normal cooler uh or ice box or whatever you call it around the world and you can put stuff in it and then wherever you walk it follows you about two or three feet behind you I think it's going to be humongous. I think they're going to... That's what Jason Z should be into. <laughs> Beyonce will invest in that. He, Solange will get in on that. Jason, he when he takes business meetings, he goes in as Jason Z. Hello, he I'm does. Jason Z. <laughs> I thought it was Sean Carter. No, it's Jason Z, actually. A lot of people make that mistake. <laughs> but yeah, there's this new thing we can post, because it, it is bananas, and we should get one next year for Door to Shore 2 and just it have so two little robots following us with Gatorades in it the whole way across the city. You sent me that video, and uh, I happened to be watching it, and Olive looked over at me. She's like, what is that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's a little robot that follows you. It has stuff in it. She's like, let's get one. Like, <laughs> it's very practical. And I was like, uh, it's $3,000. I don't think we could get a little cooler for three a $3,000 cooler. Do they still, I was thinking about the rocket stuff when you were, when you were talking about this guy was a rocket scientist turned pizza fiend. Do they still make sprinklers for kids that shoot things into the air? Like a front yard, you put a sprinkler out with a hose and then it launches a rocket into the air. What? It launches a rocket so into the air. In the eighties for sure. There we had these friends and they had these sprinklers that you would like click down. Theirs was a clown head, a plastic, hard plastic clown oh, head. I feel like I remember you, that. You and it would shoot do. up in the air. It would build so much water pressure that at some point the clown head would yeah. pop up about fifteen or twenty feet in the air and spray water out. And it's really exciting. It's also like, if you imagine Pennywise from It, just getting yeah. full of water and pressurizing and then exploding in the air. <laughs> and, then, and then decapitating and spraying people with liquid. But I remember playing in the backyard of this family that we were family friends with when I was a little guy. And the, the plastic clown horror head that would squirt up in the air was so painful if the head hit you because it was still in water of it. So it was basically children gathering around this horrific thing that would shoot 10, 15 feet in the air, and then somebody would get bonked on the head with it and run to their parent on the deck crying. <laughs> so it became even scarier. Oh, it was the best. But I just wondered if they still made those or if that's one of those toys that wisely has been put away after lawsuit after lawsuit. No, but, you know, they have the, like, the wacky... The wacky arm, the best things, you know, so as fun. you know, because you got one for Olive, I'm a for a birthday guy. or something. You're a sprinkler guy, mm -hmm. uh, a delightful gift, and um, we plugged it in. And what was fascinating to me about it was that I am sure that that is roughly the size of what they were in the '80s. Sure, and it seems so Tiny. little. Oh, right. It seems so yeah. little now. Mm. And I was thinking about that for Gus. Like, I was just at, like, we were going somewhere. Oh, we were getting in a car, and he was upset. So I, like, kneeled down near the car to talk to him. And then I just looked at the car, yes. like the door open, and I was like, this is what his view of this car, <laughs> it is fucking huge. It is insane. It's just like we're driving around in a goddamn hotel, you know? Yeah. It's so big. He is so little. Yes. Uh, it's adorable. Like climb up. I know. Like the door frame, the bottom of the door is like at his chest level, you know? Mm. That is so funny. That's great. <laughs> Being little rules.
Yeah, whenever I see a kid walk across a crosswalk, I'm like, look at that little guy go. All those look steps. That's like a football field of that nut. I know it is fascinating, isn't it? Here's one for ye. Give it to me. Sent in by Brandy Baxter. That's Brandy with an I. BB. Not a Cyclops, my, but Brandy my mom's, with an I. Uh, my mom's initials, BB. Brandy Baxter. I feel like I know four people named Brandy Baxter. And I do not know this one, but we're so glad you're an animal. Um, this was in WILX NBC 10. This was written by Anna Kathman, who is by far the best in the business. Drunken man calls blood pure, natural ice, and poops on a PT cruiser. <laughs> I don't even understand that first part. The second part, I definitely get. Yes, you do. Give it. me these deets. Okay. Well, it comes from the greatest named city in North America, Kalamazoo, Michigan. <laughs> we love that. That and Walla right Walla, the Washington, corner, the best. Right around. My sisters go to school in Kalamazoo, Michigan, mm. at the University of Kalamazoo. That sounds fun. Cons uh, conservation officers with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources are releasing new details about a drunken man who pooped on his car during a sobriety test. <laughs> pooped, on, pooped on his own car. Yes. <laughs> Which is such a... That's uh, like when you trash somebody's house and then help them clean it up the next day. It's like, it couldn't have been me. I'm helping clean it up. <laughs> God, that is so funny. The DNR... Said that the incident happened in the early. Do not resuscitate. The do not resuscitate. <laughs> the Department of Natural Resources said that <laughs> <laughs> the incident happened in early December in Kalamazoo County at the Gord Neck State Game Area near the hunting, uh, near the end of hunting hours. Oh, I'm sorry. So it happened at the end of hunting hours, which whatever that means. They yeah. were trying to change the name of Gord Neck State Park, and there was an outcry. People were like, what, are you going to change the name of Gord Neck? Yes. No way. Gosh. The most delightful name ever to name to a park. Why did we name it that after our first ranger? He had a weird <laughs> neck. Officers Cameron Wright and Joshua Salas came across a PT cruiser parked at the entrance with a man behind the wheel. The report said the officers asked him if he had been hunting. And he immediately became aggravated and said that there, that he was there to listen to owls and wanted to be left alone. <laughs> you know, something that we all want to do. Just park. Classic. Park, windows up, listening to owls. Uh, just got my party time cruiser gassed up. I'm ready to listen to owls. <laughs> what? That is a great question. What does PT stand for in PT Cruiser? I don't know. Party time to me, but I don't know. I mean, <laughs> is it, isn't it PT Barnum? As well? I mean, that's a man. I mean, yeah. I wonder what P.T. Barnum stood for. Paul Thomas? Let's see. He was a former mayor of Bridgeport. I didn't know that. Yeah, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Phineas Taylor Barnum. It could also be Phineas Taylor Cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> Phineas Taylor Cruiser. Great name for the episode. <laughs> the DNR said officers noticed an open, tall container of natural ice beer in the cup holder. There they asked know. the man on a scale of 1 to 10 how drunk he was, which is such a good question to ask any drunk person. Yeah, yeah. And he allegedly replied, quote, I'm at a five. I'll be honest, I'm drunk. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking he's parked. He thinks he's safe. Yeah, he's just listening Right, he to thinks owls. I'm not driving, and he's about to get fucked. Oh, yeah. The report said the officers told the man to turn off his car. 
and they began to conduct a sobriety test. Halfway through the test, the report said the man made a face of shock, grabbed his rear end, dropped his pants to his ankles, and began pooping on the rear of his car. I mean, don't you let him off for that? Don't you go, he's struggling. He at least didn't shit his pants. Like, yeah, just drive him home at that point. Like yeah. the, the the punishment is a shit stained PT Phineas Taylor cruiser on at, like not where he lives, where he has to go get it tomorrow. Take a, drag him to the closest pond or lake, dip him waist down two or three times, <laughs> like dying an Easter egg, and then put him in the back of the paddy wagon and drive him home. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, DNR said the man was arrested at that point and taken to a hospital for a blood draw. On the way there, he told an officer who was using a GPS that, quote, man, I'm the drunk one here, and I have to give you directions how to take me to jail, you moron. (laughs) (laughs) Where are they getting these? Where are these getting these quotes from? From the cops? Like this is they're just like reporting on sick burns from the back seat. Yeah, this guy is a trip. Man, I'm the drunk one here and I have to give you directions so you could take me how to take me to jail, you moron. Again, I'd like this guy's style. Um, I really do. The report listening to owls. That's what I'm going to say when anybody asks me what I'm doing. I'm minding my own business, listening to owls. I'd like to be left alone. (laughs) The report said while the band was at the hospital getting a blood draw, he told nurses that they were not drawing his blood. Instead, they were, quote, it's all beer. Not going to lie to you. Pure natural ice. (laughs) I mean, drinking and driving is very wrong. We're not saying that, but this man is so funny. Drinking and listening to owls, that's okay. Just yes. turn your car off and throw the keys out the window when you do it, folks. Man, he got me going. Oh, that's so good. I was uh, running a TV show in Hawaii at yeah. Turtle Bay Resort, North Shore of TV. Oahu. Great, 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 great place to be. It's very isolated, but the hotel and the staff will let you shoot anything, do anything you want. So the way the show would work is six comics would fly in, They would do acting for two days and then stand up on the second night. And then those six would leave and six more would arrive. And those six comics would do stand up and acting. And we would go through a ton of comics and everybody would kind of get two or three days in paradise. It was awesome. Well, one of our costume and wardrobe people had thought ahead and mailed shrooms, mailed magic mushrooms to the resort for Robert Plant, who is the lead singer of Led Zeppelin. Yes. That is not our costumer's name. So on maybe, So mailed it before she before she left. Before she left the the continental US mailed a bunch of shrooms knowing we were all going to be in paradise. <laughs> so there we are over the weekend. And the weekend oh, so we here, have sorry to, comics. I'm okay. sorry to keep interrupting. I love sorry it. to keep interrupting. So she mailed it like on her way to the airport so then she would be at the airport when it arrived or it i mean she would be at the resort desk. yeah i mean she would be at the resort when it arrived yes or did it arrive before she checked in is my question she got there first nice it, so smart well yes so so risky so illegal so smart so over <laughs> the weekend of the first week we actually have 12 comics because we shoot on Fridays and Mondays and we usually do our friends 
because we want people to stay longer. When you did this show, we did New Orleans. We made sure that you were over a weekend and Kristen Shaw was over the weekend so we could all hang out. So this costumer distributes shrooms to every single person that wants them, you know, a crew of 45 people, 12 <sighs> comics, a bunch of and so there's a point where we're all standing in the pool at this gorgeous resort during sundown, and I look around, and I am not tripping. I am not uh, enhanced in any way besides drinking. Yeah, you're and, an EP on the show. You got to keep it together show a little yes. bit. And, yeah. and so I look around and see every single person working for me except the star of the show. Everybody else is just giggling and having the most wonderful time standing in a pool, North Shore, Hawaii. <laughs> Sun is setting. They're getting paid to be there. And there's this guy named Dennis who's on the crew. He's an older guy. He's late 50s, 60s. And I won't say what his job is because I don't want to get him in trouble. But at some point, he is not only tripping, but he's very drunk. And he comes up to me, and he's like, I want to hang with you, dude. And I go, <laughs> absolutely. I'm going to dinner with some of the comics. He goes, I'm coming. So we go to the fanciest restaurant at Turtleback. <laughs> And I'm going to take a few of these comics out. Uh, two of them are not tripping at all. Uh, two of them are. Uh, at the bar, my hair and makeup people are so high. It's, they're pointing and laughing, and it's fantastic. I mean, it's just the most wonderful weekend. <laughs> so Dennis is one of those people who repeats himself when he's drunk or inebriated. Have you mm -hmm. ever dated somebody or known anybody mm -hmm. that just tells the same story, and they hit it's the same cadence? It's real rough. And they laugh at the same thing. And then they do it again. And then, well, that was him. So we sit down with these comics. And there's like six of us at the table. And Dennis just ignores that anybody else wants to have conversation. And he keeps going to the comics. Or the only people there he doesn't, un he doesn't know. And he's like, you guys don't understand. And they're like, what don't we understand? He goes, <laughs> we are a family. Me, <laughs> Scotty, Mikey. Goons. We have this guy named Goons. <laughs> and so they're like just scared shitless that this older guy is drinking more, clearly just tripping very hard. He proceeds to say that sentence about seven times. One of the <laughs> comics there is Matt Ingebretson, a friend of ours, a great yeah. comic. Also, for just for everyone listening to understand, like this is everyone's like, first time on television Correct. for the most part. Like that was like the the theme of the show is it was like first time comics for the most part. That's right. And then yeah. And so Matt's not he's not on shrooms. A few other people aren't on shrooms at the table, but they are getting so bored and fed up with this guy Dennis repeatedly telling the story that he that Dennis started going, "You guys don't understand." And Matt would go, "What? What don't we understand?" And he goes, "We are family. Me, <laughs> Scotty, Mikey." goons <laughs> then it becomes you guys don't understand and matt's going who's your family he goes we are family <laughs> so at some point the entire table is just letting him start and then we're all just adding to it and he just hard charges through all of it i gotta get up for a call time we all eat dinner this conversation happens around 40 times <laughs> next morning I'm walking around getting coffee. I see Matt, I see Jen, a couple of the other comics that are there. And I'm like, I'm sorry about that. What happened? 
And Matt goes, oh, when you went to bed where we were walking down the hall and Dennis just follows us. He goes, who's got dope? I want to stay up and get high. <laughs> and I guess they found somebody at the island who had weed and smoked weed with some random all night. Oh, man. <laughs> Good old Dennis. Me, oh, Dennis. Mikey, Scotty, goons. <laughs> Why? Why do we have this? Our brains I, are just broken record machines. I know it is really true. It's fascinating. I was in, um, so I'm, I'm taking a bit off drinking, and uh, and so I went to a party sober last weekend. Okay, and um, and I find I don't mind parties sober. Honestly, no, you're a great nowadays. socializer. I I don't really mind them. I thought it would be like difficult to not have a drink at a party, and it was not. But um. But what is difficult yes. is around 1140 uh-huh. when everyone else tips over yeah. into dumb. I got trapped. I just kept continually getting trapped by drunk people Ugh. who were like not stopping talking. That's right. And I would just be there and I was like, there at some point they this has gone on 10, 15 minutes. They have to realize that I have not said a word. Goods. Like they have to notice this. Yeah. No, they did not notice this. I was trying to get by one drunk guy who had trapped me before and I'd like gotten away from him. And he like actively grabbed me, like like yelled at me and like no. in a confusing way. So I was like, what? And then just started being like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I had a skin rash. And then <laughs> Went in to just talking about a skin rash for 10 to 15 minutes to the point until I just had to leave. I had to just walk away from him. You got to. You got to get out of there. You got to get out of there. My go-to is always, I'm going to go freshen up my drink. Good to see you. But then there does come a point where even that doesn't get you out of there. And as you get older, and maybe for our younger bananimals, never, ever hesitate to go, it's been so good talking to you. I'm going to mingle and just talk to some other people, but I'll see you in a little bit. Yes, that's so smart. I say it all the time. Nobody's offended. Because everybody thing, gets it. Yes, we all know. We're just making small talk and waiting 80 years and then dying. That's what all this is. So <laughs> don't feel bad about being like, God, it's been so great catching up. Pardon me. I'm just going to do a little mingling. I'll catch up with you in a little bit. Great to see you. Bye. And get out of there. You want to tease us into a late break? Yes, please. I'm having fun. Oh, wow, yeah. We're having fun, man. Yeah. Uh, Look at this late break. Here it is, buddy. Boom. This terrifying robotic mouth chants AI-generated prayers. (laughs) This, okay, so a robot chants prayers. I love it. I can't wait to hear more about it. We'll be right back with more Bananas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Driving me bananas, baby, bananas, bananas, bananas. 
folks, we are back. Scotty, got any uh, shout-outs real quick? Yeah, I'll do some shout-outs. Leanne wants to shout-out Britt, who opened a zero-waste refillery store, which I didn't know was a thing, in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's called Little Wild Refillery. I guess it has this great environmental impact. I I don't know what a refillery is, but it sounds pretty cool. I'm going to guess it's you bring your, like... uh, your, you know, detergents, you know, just soap stuff like that oh, yeah. that's empty and they'll fill up the soap or the spray or the whatever. Well, that's, that's what cool. My guess is. If it, she got a big grant to do this in Scranton. So that's awesome. Yes, Britt, we love you. If you want to check out more, you can find it at, at the Little Wild Refillery. That's pretty neat. Uh, That's we want to awesome. shout out Billy from the Nothing to Fear podcast. If you are a horror movie newbie who is too afraid to watch horror movies on your own or by yourself, you can listen to the Nothing to Fear podcast. I was a guest on it. I talked about Ma. Mm-hmm. Uh, check it out. Billy rules. Long time bananimal, and I think celebrating a birthday shortly. Nice. And finally. Jonathan wants to shout out Sherry, one of my all-time favorite names, Sherry, who is a diehard bananimal and an all-around amazing person. She is dealing with a peeping Tom right now, Kurt. Oh, no. A peeping Tom that is a cat that stares at her oh. all day while she does chores, and it's quite unnerving. Still. I, I could relate to that. Punk is always staring at me from different windows till I let it in so it can drink out of my bathtub and then lie on my computer. <laughs> and that is all I got. Bananimals, well, be kind to I yourselves. got one. I got one, Scotty. Oh, good. I want to shout out a little movie that's coming out. Uh-oh. Memorial Day weekend. Oh, boy. Called The Machine. Uh-oh. Featuring not only Mark Hamill, but also Burt Kreischer. Based on the legendary Burt Kreischer stand-up uh, story, The Machine. Mm-hmm. Written by your one and only... Scotty Landis. That is true. I have a new movie. It's going to be at every theater, everywhere, all around the world. Memorial Day weekend. If you're a big fan of Burt Kreischer, it's an action comedy. Uh, I wrote it during the Great Quar in 2020 while everybody else was baking bread. I was writing the machine. So thank you, Kurt. I appreciate that. I hope the Bananimals enjoy it. Oh man, I can't wait! I can't wait. Hope you you're going to the premiere. Do you know? If, I don't do you know, know any yet? details about the premiere. I actually haven't seen the movie yet, so I will be as surprised and delighted as everybody who sees it. Let's go ahead and make it. Let's give it Avatar numbers. Um, let's go for a <laughs> one point three billion dollar box office for uh, action comedy. But yes, I have another movie in theaters, and I'm very excited. That's so cool, man! Congratulations! It is. Not to not only have your second movie in theaters, but to have it open Memorial Day weekend. For those who don't know the movie business, Memorial Day weekend is when you open, when you drop your like blockbuster. That's true. The one that's going to like, it's going to compete opening day. It's going to compete with The Little Mermaid. All right. Like that's where we're at. This movie is competing with The Little Mermaid. That's what they think it can do. So. Go see The Little Mermaid with your kids during the day and then, you know, burn one and go see The Machine at night. I'm fine with that. I'm pro Little Mermaid. I'm pro Little Mermaid. We love that Little Mermaid swimming around like a little fish. (laughs) I'm going to take my kids to see both swim. (laughs) Just (laughs) the main thing. Here it is. Here we go. This uh, this, uh, this, uh, article was sent in by Copy Haste. Oh, our boy. 
He knows me. Copy haste knows me. Uh, this was in Hacker Hackster.io. Sounds real. Uh, written by Cameron Coward. Ooh. Um, who is not a coward. He's brave Oof. to write such a beautiful piece. Uh, uh-huh. Cameron, I had no, this is three years old. So this, it says, this terrifying robotic mouth chants AI-generated prayers. Interesting. So here's the details about it. <clears throat> Our goal here at Hackster is to empower members of Maker community to tackle any projects they can imagine. We're always amazed by the innovative builds y'all come up with, but sometimes we worry about some of you. Sure. This robotic mouth that chants AI-generated prayers, for example, is quite disturbing. Yes, it this was. This thing was created by Daimut Streb, or Streeb, in collaboration with many others from MIT CSAIL, Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Laboratory, and other institutions. It's called The Prayer and is ostensibly an art installation. That said, we think they created it for no other reason than to give us all nightmares. When The Prayer is switched on, a fairly realistic silicon mouth, well, Cameron, I guess you've never seen a mouth before. <laughs> uh, it looks so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, begins chanting prayers. Those prayers are generated in real time through a neural network-based machine learning software. The team says that it's intended to answer the question, how would a divine epiphany appear to an artificial intelligence? Makes you think. After seeing and hearing the prayer operate, mm-hmm. we think that's a question better left unanswered. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can see in the video, the mouth, which sits below an equally unsettling nose, moves along with the chanting. AI is used to generate the text for the prayers and also to synthesize the realistic sounding voice thanks to Amazon Polly. It's able to continuously generate new prayers, meaning this eerie robot could keep chanting endlessly until someone has the courage to turn it off. This was three years ago. I would love an update. Oh, I bet it's doing, I bet it's singing like Whoopi Goldberg and Sister Act at this point. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But also, I like prayers are all nonsense. All prayers mm-hmm. are nonsense. So the difference between just kind of talking to something out there, the great neuron in the sky, like I actually think organized prayers and repeating things is kind of weird. You're kind of like yeah. a druid if you're doing that. Like it's better just to be like, God, if if you exist, I need a little help here. Like that's a <laughs> prayer. Yeah, I uh, Taylor Tomlinson has a really funny joke, which I don't. I just remember the punchline, which is she calls. She says uh, prayers is <laughs> uh, whispering secrets to the wind. <laughs> yes, but that's I like. So I'm all for robots praying. Go get it, guys. I am too. I kind of. I think it is kind of a cool piece of art. The The disturbing part is to have a fleshlight do it. That is actually yes. the most upsetting part. A fleshlight below a giant rubber nose yes. is really the most disturbing way to hear an AI. I mean, that is someone's specific kink right there. <laughs> and they didn't even know it until these geniuses who invent AI created it. And somebody's like, I'm going to buy one of those. I'm going to buy one. I'm horny. Uh, this makes me think, of course, of Jokatron, oh, my AI-generated joke writing software mm-hmm. that data scientists wrote for me. And if you go and watch my special Perfectly Stupid that you can do for free right now. Really? I have uh, on YouTube. Go to PerfectlyStupid.com. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Jokatron is in the special, but in a special Easter egg oh, fun. at the end of the credits. So if you go all the way through the credits, then Jokatron will come on. You got to. And you can see some uh, AI-generated jokes baby 
You should just what happened to Jokatron the the robot device? Where where does it exist right now? Jokatron robot device is actually just a telepresence machine with a iPad taped to it. So it just got packed away. <laughs> so somewhere. Okay, yeah, because I would you should do it down at the Elysian. You should just do like a Wednesday night midnight show with Jokatron and be like, and away it goes. Let's see what this hour of comedy is. Yeah. It is really difficult with it just only because it's so bad. Because it's um I love that. because it's so in the beginning of its stages. Mm-hmm. Um and this was before, you know, the AI stuff, it, it, it changes so quickly. Yeah. And that's what I realized that, um, do, have I talked to you about this? That mm. like, that um, I, my, my friends and I on a text chain, we're all just sending, you know, putting different words into that AI generated yeah. art machine. And then it would always come back and it would be fucked up. You know, it would look really stupid. Right. And then literally three weeks later, it was looking like perfect and like very realistic and like very good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's how quickly it learned because all of us, all of us, like just millions of people gleefully trained it yeah. on which one was the right one, Yeah, you know, of all of the ones. And so we, and the fact that it happened that quickly, like that's the way this shit's going to go down. Like it's going to be, there's nothing. And then one day it's just going to turn on and that's it. It's like the end of the like Judgment life as we know it. Day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kill me first. You know, let me eat a nice uh, burrito and then I will volunteer as tribute. I do not want to <laughs> see that post-apocalyptic world. I've had a great run. I mean, I'm fascinated. I want to see it. I want to see what they do. Here, I got one to wrap us up tight with this. All right, send us home. This is sort of a follow-up to a couple things we've done over the past couple years. This was sent in by Marin or Marin Madison. Thank you, and sorry I don't know your exact pronunciation of your first name. I'm going to go with Marin. Sent this. This was from themirror.co.uk, written by Best in the Beeswax, Charlotte Hawes. She is very good. Man... Only eats mac and cheese for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for 17 years. Oh, boy. But see, We have finally met the most boring man in the universe. So dull. So uh, dull. And this is this first, the first three words, four words I'm about to say, really put a spin on this. Because it says man only eats mac and cheese for breakfast, lunch, dinner every 17 years. Or every day for 17 years. First, here we go. A 20-year-old man from Florida. So that means from age 3 to 20. I mean, 20, you are a man. But I thought this was going to be like a dude that at like 30 had a a quarter life and was like, it's mac and cheese. No, this guy just, his whole childhood and teenage years only ate mac and cheese. You could really change this to just say, man only eats mac and cheese for entire life. That's... You got it. That's why you're the best in the biz. (laughs) Sorry, Charlotte Hawes. A 20-year-old man from Florida has explained why his diet consists of only macaroni and cheese, a dish that he has had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the last 17 years. Austin Davis from Florida has explained in detail that he has eaten a strict diet of macaroni and cheese in a short film. The documentary, which has been filmed by Vice... Uh, sees the 20-year-old go into detail about his love for the cheesy pasta dish and nothing else, uh, It because ex- uh, nothing else seems to excite his taste buds, which is absolutely crazy. It's insane. 
there are so many things to excite your. There's mushrooms on pizza made by a robot vending machine. There's I mean, a I'm not even going to praise. I'm not even telling them to go eat an apple. Not even. Have a pizza. Have a slice of pizza. Very similar. Wildly to mac similar. and cheese. Yes. But just with a little bit of tomato. Ooh, a mozzarella cheese stick. I remember when those were invented. You dip them in that piping hot marinara. You're having a good date night. But also, think about how many problems this has caused him in his life. Like, the, the, the commitment to boredom, the commitment to being <laughs> boring has, I'm sure, cost him friends, partners. Like, he can't go out to dinner. He's not going to a restaurant unless it has mac and cheese. It's, you can't bring him anywhere. Yeah, it's a tough one. This is not normal, obviously. Uh, Mr. Davis lives with his grandparents, Richard and Faye, love the name Faye, in a small town. And in the short film, he goes to a trip to a local grocery store to pick up his favorite meal. He scours the shelves alongside the documentary crew. And Mr. Davis refers to the meat section as a hellscape. <laughs> True for many people, I think, <laughs> while claiming that he is unfamiliar with most vegetables. Yeah, I would say all of them. Despite his lack of knowledge for the vegetable department, Mr. Davis only came to the grocery store to purchase his beloved Velveeta macaroni and cheese. The 20-year-old claimed that the meal is his favorite, as it is the most consistent and, quote, always tastes pretty much the same, end quote. Man. Wow. Not even chopping up some Oscar Mayer wieners in there, you know, a classic kid meal. I uh, I also wonder. I wonder if Velveeta will also donate his headstone uh, when he dies in two years. <laughs> like, will it just be a giant, like, just granite mac and cheese box in the ground? I'm sure he would be psyched about that. I love that. Uh, Miss Davis added, I don't want to say I'm addicted to mac and cheese because that would sound weird, but my body just won't let me eat anything right. else. That it, would sound weird. That would sound weird. <laughs> to be addicted to mac and cheese, but eating it every day for 17 years. Totally normal. Wait, when you raise your hand, a little hand comes up in your upper left-hand corner. Is that, it, oh, look at that. Up, it's already up there. New Zoom. <laughs> Let's try to do some stuff. That's so weird. Isn't well, weird? talk about AI. Now they're watching us. Yep. If this computer starts praying at me, I'm running out of here. No, sir. Um, in his home, Mr. Davis has a large kitchen cupboard stacked high with boxes of macaroni and cheese. And in the documentary, the 20-year-old whips up a bowl of his favorite dish. All right. Charlotte, you've said favorite dish like 19 times. You're getting demoted <laughs> to mediumist in the biz. Um, he tells the camera that he's aware he has a problem. And he even said at one point that he's sick of it. But he refuses to alter his diet. When I try to eat new foods, the first thing that happens is like blinders on the food. It gets to the point where it's like somehow in my hand, I'm about to eat it. Like as it enters my mouth, it's just a sensory overload of all the things. This is the texture. This is the consistency. This is how it feels in your mouth. Oh, God, there's the taste. And there's a bunch of new flavors that you've never experienced before. Even if I'm trying, I still involuntarily gag. I mean, maybe this wow. is something deeper and psychological. He then adds, "This if is I, definitely sounds like something deeper." Now I have, now I feel bad no. for making fun of him. Hey, you know, it's fine. To some extent, Mister Davis's extreme diet would be a dream. No, uh, but to the twenty-year-old, it stems from a personal experience he had during his childhood. He has selective eating disorder, known as avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, which we've discussed on the pod before. Arfid. 
It's an anxiety disorder where an individual persistently refuses to eat a specific food or any type of food because they don't want to get a negative response. Mr. Davis explained in the short film that he is particularly grossed out by the thought of blood and raw meat. That makes sense. Yeah, of course. That Also, as you said that, a thumbs up appeared in your screen. This is going crazy. <laughs> I don't know why it gave you a thumbs up there. I, I paid for blood, the highest. Blooded raw meat. <laughs> <laughs> and then a ding, a little thumbs up appeared. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, when he received his ARFID diagnosis, Mr. Davis said he was actually relieved. Good for you. And that is true. When you know what the, there's the thumbs up again. Look at that go. <laughs> when you, we all go through things in life where Something's wrong. We're embarrassed by it. We don't know how to talk about it. And then when you get diagnosed, sometimes it's a relief. Even if it's not like the best news, you're like, okay, at least I know what this is. I know. We're turning around. I'm turning around. We're coming hard back on around. This guy. I'm coming around. See, I didn't understand it at first. Now, I don't necessarily understand it, but I understand that there is a reason for it. You made the adjustment. And, I, and I'm making the adjustment. I want him to live a long, happy life, and I want him to be able to eat other things he just will. for his own health someday. This documentary and the other stories we've covered in the past, they there are psychologists that work with these people. They're dietitians, and then they get them, and then the next news story is like, I eat pork belly. It rules. Like They just go the other way usually. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, that's really it. We could say that's that it. we'll get out with these. He says, I'm not crazy. It has a name. This is the thing that's been hanging over my head. And you know what? Like I said, sometimes the diagnosis is a major relief. Yeah, no kidding. And I'm happy that you actually went and uh, and got the diagnosis. You know, like that's a big, huge step. Bingo, bango. Austin Davis, Bananimal of the Week. He's Banana of the Week, even though he won't eat them. He's repulsed by them. <laughs> a lot of people don't like the mouthfeel of a banana. I, for a one, lot of people think a they're wonderful. I do as well. Uh, well, guys, we made it to another episode of Bananas. Thank you so much, Scotty. Thank you, Curdy B. Everybody, right before you fall asleep tonight, whisper, I'm cute to yourself and just see how you feel in the morning. Bananas. Now, nuts. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.